Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, Jesus. We worship your holy name. We worship your holy name, Lord Jesus. We join with all of heaven this morning and we just exalt your holy name. Lord Jesus, you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Oh, Jesus, you are Lord of all. And this morning, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. Why don't you just lift your hands and just just say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Just tell Him. Tell Him He's welcome. You're welcome, Holy Spirit. Move in our hearts this morning. Move in this church this morning. Move in our city this morning. We welcome you here from the depths of our soul. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. If you can speak in tongues, why don't you speak in your heavenly language? Lord, we honour you in this place. We thank you. We worship you, King Jesus. We honour you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you just... Just take your seat, but keep your eyes closed or close your eyes once you take your seat. You guys can all sit down. Thank you, stay. We're just going just gonna to do something. Just going to wait. Just close your eyes with me. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Lord, we will not be rushed in this moment. We take time to linger in this place. We take time. I just really sense the Father heart of God is is just wanting to speak to you. Speak to you as individuals right now in this place. And if you're watching online, do this where you're watching. But let's just take a moment to wait on Him and to allow Him to speak to speak to us in any way he wants about anything he wants let's just take a moment let all the barriers down let all the worries let them dissipate let all the concerns of the weak let them just melt away in his presence and we're just going to take a moment I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you to speak to you about something in your life Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Let's just take a moment to wait on Him. Father, right now we invite you. Holy Spirit, speak to hearts. Bring breakthrough. Bring peace. Bring direction. Let's just take a moment, just wait on Him.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Father. Father, I just pray for anybody in this place who is struggling with fear. Lord, we thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. And we just speak peace over hearts and over minds and over situations where there's worry, where there's anxiety. Lord, we just speak your supernatural Holy Spirit peace. You are in control, Lord. Father, for people in this place who need a miracle, Lord, whether it be physical, whether it be healing, whether it be uh, financial, whether it be relational, we just pray, Lord, for miracle power just to fall on this place. Holy Spirit, have your way. For those who are looking for direction, Lord, bring direction. For those who need comfort, bring comfort. For those who are feeling like their hearts are hardened, I pray for a softening, a softening of hearts. And Lord, I just pray for fresh encounters. Fresh encounters. I pray this coming week, Lord, that this church community would have such amazing God encounters, overwhelming encounters, encounters that are hard to put into words. Father, we thank you for that. We honour you. We worship you. We welcome you. Bring your healing power. Bring your presence. Bring heaven touching earth in this place. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Who felt like God spoke to you then in those few minutes? Yeah, yeah, hands. You've got to take time. Take the time to sit and allow the Lord to speak to you. Thanks, Natty. That was awesome. Awesome. We serve a God who wants to speak to us. We don't serve a mute God. We don't serve a deaf God. We serve a God who loves to speak and spend time with his children. Is that true? It's the amazing thing about Christianity is that when you connect with Christ and he makes a way to the Father, it's unlike anything else. But if you're like me, I take lots of information in, I give a lot of information, but I often don't take the time I need to take to wait simply in his presence. And we need to be great at taking time to sit in his presence. Because, as Moses said with, when he's speaking to God in Exodus, he says, what will distinguish us between every other person on the earth? What will make us the people of God different, his presence. Do you know that? Do you know that in the community, there are amazing community groups who are doing great fundraising, great care, great serving, great community, great family, but they don't have something, a lot of them don't have what we have when it comes to his presence. We have his presence. You are vessels of his presence and his presence changes everything how amazing and and please to be familiar with his presence you know you can get familiar you can get used to this oh yeah this is no no don't allow your heart one touch from his throne room one moment with him one experience of his love impacting you will just set you up and change you and obliterate every little fear Every little worry, every little concern melts away in his presence. Can I at least get a smile? Because his presence is worth smiling. We're talking about our Father's presence. And so I just want to encourage us, whether you're here one Sunday looking for a church, uh, sorry, visiting for one Sunday as a visitor, we welcome you. Or whether you're looking for a new church home, we welcome you as well. I just pray you experience God's presence because we're more than a nice country club. (laughs) We are presence people. We are more than just people with great wisdom or great thoughts or great connection. We are presence people. Are you a presence person? 
When people talk about you, they say, man, they carry a sense of God's presence. Or are you just like everybody else? Interesting, hey? I pray that when people speak about me or Charlie or my son, that they say, that is a presence family. And not because I preach on a pulpit, but because when I encounter someone down the road, there is something different. There is salt, there is light, there is brightness, there is kingdom. This morning for a few minutes, I want to speak to you. We're launching this series around family. It's actually our theme for the year. Um, the art of section is, is just to, just to re-emphasize, is a section to practically equip the church to be all they're called to be. So we're going to like, approach a range of subjects from yeah, how to handle finance well to how to love people well to we'll do one week on how do, you, how do you help someone who's going through grief well? How do you look after your mental health well? How do you be somebody who God can use? And it's just going to take two or three minutes and our heart is actually to get different people within our church community who have expertise up here to share with you. So we use Alex as an example. Alex is a clinical psychologist. She's also um, married to Pastor Joel. And so we want to get her up here. <laughs> yeah. We want to get her up here to share what, what no doubt she could charge many hundreds of dollars for. You get it for free when it comes to looking after your mental health. Why? Because we want to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We want you to feel like you're being equipped in Jesus' name. So this morning we're launching um, with this. We're going to speak about this. This is the title. It takes a village. Turn to your neighbour and say, it takes a village. It takes a village. That was a good kick. Perfect. It takes a village. It takes a village to raise a child. It's a proverb that means that an entire community of people must provide for and interact positively with children for those children to experience and grow in a safe and healthy environment. It means an entire community of people must take or provide for and interact positively with children of those to experience a safe and healthy environment. It takes a village. In other words, it takes a community to know that they have a part to play in order to create safety and health. So this morning, the win for me is this, is that we have a church community who better understands that they have a part to play in the village of God. Because sometimes in church life and in churches, we find it hard to find our place. Especially if you go into different, through different seasons, like you might be in the youth ministry and you feel like the youth is, but then you get too old for youth and then it's like, where do I go next? How do I connect next? Or it might be, you know, you're in the, the young family's age type demographic and then, but then they grow up and now you're in the retiree and it's, it's a different thing again. It's more about, you know, maybe golf and caravans than maybe it is about raising kids. Today I just want to speak in general terms. Please take some of those comments with a grain of salt. I know not everybody who's retired is into golf. I know that. I hear there's a celebration group, golf group starting. Celebration groups. Speaking of, if you want to do a celebration group, we'd love to help you do that. Remember our theme this year is finding family, creating family. So finding family and then creating moments of family for others. So we have to understand something. You... You are irreplaceable and you have a unique grace to bring something to the table. Can we just get a couple of windows a little bit opened? Is that okay, host guys? <clears throat> just a little bit, not too much. 
You are individual. You are, not too much, not too much. You're going to have people yelling at me, it's cold. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, thanks, bro. Before Greg yells at me, it's too cold up here. Thanks, bro. That's awesome. <clears throat> I'll tell you something weird about me as an individual. If I'm in a room and there's no windows open, it makes me go, ugh. So I literally looked at the room and went, there are no windows open. So if you're ever in my office, even if it's a freezing day, there'll be a window this much open because I think germs can escape through that window. Is <laughs> anyone else like that? Or I just weird? I'm probably just weird. I don't know. <clears throat> in the car, if my wife sneezes, her window goes down. <laughs> just, just because. And then it goes back up. My head, it gets sucked out the window. <laughs> weird. You have a grace and an anointing on you. And I believe that you are here in this house, in this moment, for a God reason. But what you bring might not be the same as your neighbour. And that is liberating to know. What you bring might be different to the person next to you or the connect group across there or that person over there. What you bring reflects your relationship with God and your gifting and calling God. Now, I know this is simple, but understand that if everyone understood that, the church would be this flourishing, crazy, awesome, creative hive of activity. If you look at a beehive... I know I'm getting older because I love things like beehives. I have asked my wife if I can get a beehive in our backyard. But we live in an 800 square metre block in suburbia. And my nephew is allergic to bees. Is my sweat cloth over there? No, gross. All right. Bees, I've spent probably five hours now listening to podcasts on bees. Is anyone else like this? They are fascinating creatures. They are extremely smart. They, have, they dance to communicate with each other. But every bee knows that they have something to contribute to the hive. There are different types of bees, different functions but they all work together to create something amazing. Honey lasts for... They, they found 2,000-year-old honey and they can still eat it. Bees working together... Thank you, Libby. Okay, let me show you this, church. Someone got me this and it has BJH in the corner. For my sweat and my sweat alone. Gross. <laughs> When it comes to God's kingdom, if we work together in harmony, if we bring what we can all bring to the table in worship, in a symphony, then it creates something amazing like honey that lasts. The reason why the Bible says milk and honey, honey is something, there's something special about it. A symphony is amazing when we work together in unity. Someone by themselves playing an instrument is great, but a symphony is a whole new level. And the kingdom is created as a symphony, not as soloist. There is a reason why I get different people up here on the platform. I, it's a big deal for me. Anyone who's up here, I think about, I pray about, I consider. Because I feel responsible if they tell you something that's not good. I feel responsible before God. And the Bible says I'll have to give double judgment when it comes to teaching. Yeah? So I'll take it very seriously. That's why we don't have every person up here. Some people will say things that won't be good for a baby Christian. So therefore we pray about it. So it's like, why? Because when the person up here is sharing, they are conducting, conducting the beehive. The kingdom, community, the supernatural symphony. You see, there should be a sound coming out of our church, which is a beautiful sound. 
when churches have conflict, when they have strife, when they have familiarity, when people are attacking the leadership team or the pastors, or the, and all these things happen, it's different violins, different oboes, different, you know, clarinets popping off at different times. And it actually sounds screechy. But when the church works together, led by the Spirit of God, understanding that God does anoint pastors and prophets and apostles and teachers and evangelists, he uses them for the house. When we work together, we create an amazing symphony for his kingdom. So what part do you play? It says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. It says, and I'm going to read this to you. It says, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What is acceptable to him as a spiritual sacrifice? It is living stones connected together. Now, have you noticed these days with new, those new houses, I've noticed more and more with new builds that there are those rock, um, what do you call them? Do you tell me that, were they like stonewall type, like features? And you have to get, it's a really expensive process because if you do it well, you have to, they make like walls and features and houses made from all these little rocks. It takes a lot of time because they have to fit together right in order for it to be what it's called to be or what it's intended to be. That's what we're like, according to the scripture. He is the cornerstone, Christ. We are the, all the different shaped stones. Physically, we all have, have different stones. Look, look at this, it's like we're all just different. In the kingdom, it's a similar dynamic. We have to learn built on Christ, the cornerstone, to work together as living stones. It takes a village. It takes everyone understanding that they have a part to play. I don't know where I fit in. There is a part for you to play. Whether you limit yourself in that or not, that's up to you. But God has given you light, skills and talents to help build a beehive. Is this okay? I, I, I think this is good. So it's God's desire that you find your place in God's family. Listen, the enemy's desire is always to make you feel isolated. Always. It happens to me as a pastor. It happens to people on team. It happens to people who attend churches. It happens through grief. It happens through disappointment, through hurt. It happens through a bunch of things. And all of a sudden you feel like you don't belong. And I'm telling you this because as a pastor, it happens as a pastor in his own church sometimes. Now take that with what I'm saying, not his church, but he's got a responsibility in the church. So therefore we have to have hearts that understand that I'm not going to play in to the scheme of being isolated. Hurt will make you isolated, but also just not knowing yourself makes you isolated. So you have to discover what is the living stone that God has called you to be. Because the better you know yourself in, in the kingdom, the better you know where you fit. If you think you're a boulder, and that's how you think you are, but you're not, but you just think you are that, but you're actually a very unique shaped stone, you're going to find yourself always just going through life, never really fitting God actually wants us to feel like we have a part to play. It says this, and I'll just, I'll just, you can write it down if you're writing notes, but Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, it says that we are the members of God's household built on the foundations of apostles and prophets, and Christ himself is the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by his spirit. This is New Testament. Ephesians, New Testament church. This is your church. This is our church. This is now. You are being built together as Christ being the foundation 
And when we join together in unity, God commands a blessing and his spirit rains down. Why is it important when you get attitude to deal with it? Because it starts making you disconnect if you don't deal with it. If someone preaches and they offend you, it's a good thing sometimes because it makes you go back to who you are in Christ. But don't hold on to the offence. Don't do it because it will make you isolate. We are symphonies, not soloists. I, I, I preach this with conviction because as someone who shares regularly, I get feedback and sometimes that feedback can be quite hurtful. I have to deal with it. I have to deal with it in a good spirit. My identity cannot be found in what the hearer thinks of me. My identity must be found in the audience of one. But how much more so for your life? What your neighbour thinks of you, what your, what your, you know, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. What matters is this. What does God think of you? Knowing who we are in Christ. So, <laughs> we are a household of faith. And in Matthew 12, people say to Jesus, your, your, your family is, why aren't you with your mother and your brothers? And what does he say? He says, my father and my mother and my, sorry, my brothers and my mother are those who do the will of my father. <laughs> he redefines family. It's really interesting. Who is my, my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, here are my brother, here are my, here are my mother and here are my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. I don't know who was the mother in the group, but it was they are my family. I'm big on family. I, I think your physical family is very important. And the staff on team here know that if there's family things that come up, I've told Joel, if he needs to go pick up his kids from school and take them to swimming on Wednesday afternoon, he can do that. Just make up the time at another point. I, it's not church family down here. It's let's actually do everything well together. So your family is important, but always realise that this, that you might have unchurched family, and that's, that's very sad, we'll keep praying for them. But do you realise the person next to you potentially is your family forever? Is that scary to you? What if they're your neighbour in heaven? Turn to your neighbour and say, is that a good thing? Is that, is that good? Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe you want them to be a neighbour. <laughs> So there are, four, there, are, there are three, four areas really quickly I want to speak about as examples of where you could fit, where you may fit in God's house. The first one is this, talking about family. It's the soon-to-be-borns or the soon-to-be's. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. So I'm going to speak about four different groups and you're going to fit into these, one of these four but I'm going to say this, you need to actually hear it through the filter of you're probably going to be one of these four groups at different times for different people. I'll come back to that. <laughs> but this first group is what it is. It's those who are yet to know Christ. So therefore, when someone brings their unchurched or unsafe friend or family to church... And things like baby dedications are good for that. You need to have the mentality, or we need to have the mentality of soon to be. Yeah? Which means going and talking to them. It means going and loving them. It means showing them kingdom light. It means being kind. It means being, uh, you know, being, being people who can connect with those who are soon to be. And if you're someone here who has brought someone to church, and with all your heart, you've prayed for them to, to meet Christ, and you've had someone in church come up and be rude to them. Anyone had that before? It is really awkward. We have to stop that. 
because people won't bring people to, to, to the local church because I don't want that weird Christian coming up and being weird. Let's be loving. But see through the filter of the soon-to-be's. Because sometimes it takes a journey, and I love how we have physical examples and spiritual examples. Someone does not conceive and give birth that day. Yeah? That would be very weird. We have this nine-month journey, which I think is more for the parents to get ready. (laughs) Yes, the, the child has been formed, but I think a lot of it is, okay, we've got nine months. Let's get ready. We need as many coffee dates, as many... Nine, everything's going to change in nine months. In the kingdom, sometimes it is like that. Think about your salvation story. For some people, they met someone in primary school who knew Jesus, but you didn't make a decision yourself then, but you remember them. And then you went to a camp in high school and you had a moment, but you weren't quite there of making a decision. And then you, you, you went and you had a moment with, you know, whatever it might be. And before you know it, there's a journey that leads up to a place of being born again. For some people, it is bang on the spot. But for a lot of us, it's a journey. So, the soon-to-be's. The second are this. And every single one of these are needed in healthy community. It's the children. Why don't you turn to your neighbour and say children? If you turn, just turn with me to John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. John chapter 1. And I'm going to say it again. A child is no less than anybody else. If anything, a child in a village creates, um, it, it shows there is health in the village. Now, a child, I'm going to say this again, you're going to hear me say because I struggle preparing this with this in my head. We can't go through these different demographics we're talking about today and think about colour of hair. You can't go through it thinking about Oh, you must be in the grandparents. So the four areas are this. Soon to be, children, parents, grandparents. They're the four we're going to talk about. Keep fighting the urge to go, I'm 65, therefore I must be a grandparent. Because if you've been in church for any number of years, you know that there have been people with grey hair who act like they're children. And sometimes as people with full hair who have been around and God's done a lot of work in them, when they speak and when you speak to them, they have, and you can say an old soul baby, but they have a maturity about them. And so we can't go through the lens of grey hair or not grey hair. Because for me, I might, I've got, I'm okay up here, but I've got grey hair. Which my wife and my father-in-law continue to tell me. Very concerned. But we'll get to that. So children, it says this in John, it says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, or nor the will of man, but of God. It says this in the scripture, it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, Like newborn infants long for spiritual, pure spiritual milk, that by it you may know that sorry that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted in that the Lord is good. Proverbs chapter twenty two verse six. Train up a child in the way he should go; even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So we have this challenge of having eyes that recognise who children are in God's house. Not devaluing the children, but thinking through the eyes of someone who cares and thinking, I'm going to take care of the children. It takes a village to raise the children. It doesn't just take the kids' workers, it doesn't just take the parent, it takes a village. So 
I'm speaking about spiritual children. Is this okay this morning? So it's, okay, I, I hope I'm not boring you. Let's listen to the Holy Spirit through this. Right now in our church, we have spiritual kids. And again, some of them are physically kids. Some of them are adults and some of them are in their elder years, but spiritually, they're still children. So then we have to, as a community, as a village, go, how can we help recognise the children and look after the children? Now, otherwise, what happens is, and I guarantee you this is the case, if you drive home today and there was a child walking down the highway who was three years old, you're not going to ignore that child. Yeah? <laughs> That's ridiculous, but I what? Spiritually, we can't be like that either. Uh, imagine if I saw that child and thought it's someone else's responsibility. Where's the parent? Someone, where's the kids' leader? Where's the, where's, the, where's the physical parent even? Why aren't they looking up? It's their job. No, no. That is a small mentality. A big mentality goes, there is a child walking down the highway. How can I help raise the child? How cool. So attributes of children are they're dependent, they have a season of discovery and foundation. And they have simple but profound faith. So when we recognise that, we have to nourish that. Can we agree as a church that we can nourish that in people? That they will discover their foundation. We're going to bring new Christian courses back on Sunday. It's going to be great. Probably pre-service. Helping people discover their foundation and who they are. But they are dependent. And if you don't look after them, they'll probably wander out here. Wander aimlessly. Again, that applies to any physical age. As long as their spirit, if it's born again young, they need someone to help nourish them. So here's a, here's a pro tip. I call it a pro tip, proficient tip. Be intentional about a good kingdom foundation. So I'm speaking to the children here today. If you are young in your faith, if you don't know where to turn to in your scripture when you're thinking of something, you might fall into this category. This is for you. This is a tip for you. Don't be ashamed of that. It's healthy. Learn it. it grow. Be someone who is intentional. Be intentional about a good kingdom foundation. Knowing the Bible, being disciple well, prayer. Foundations are never trendy but are essential to the building yet to come. The better the foundation, the better the building. A cracked foundation means a cracked building in years to come. Why is it that sometimes you meet Christians who have been in church for 30 years who are cracked? Because they never took time to focus on foundation. So, if you're a child here, and P.S., we're all still children in some aspect. You never lose your childlikeness. And the Bible actually says... Be a child before, before God. Don't lose childlike faith. The day that I don't feel like I can learn is the day that I become irrelevant. So I need to make sure I'm always approaching things going, I want to learn and grow. One more example with this one. Um, my son, when I, when I put him to bed now and I burp him on my shoulder, he's 26 months old, <laughs> he's getting heavy 26 months old he now says pray for okay I said who do you want to pray for last night he said pray for Watty <laughs> I said you can pray for Uncle Watty Uncle, ja Uncle James Watson if you don't know he said pray for Sasa oh, he said praise for Sasa he said Sasa is our dog I said yeah we can pray for Sasa and then he said, pray for puppy. And puppy is the stuffed dog in his cot. So I said, we can pray for that. So I said, in the name of Jesus, we pray for, for Wati. We pray for Sasa. We pray for puppy. We pray for blessing. We pray for favor. In Jesus' name, amen. He goes, amen. I know, how cute is it? I'm just like, oh, this is so cute. The other day we went into... Went into the GP. It was Vincentia GP. 
um, what's it called, the medical center, and all the chairs are facing one way. It's brought Bear in, sat down, and because it was all facing one way, he went, Amen! Amen! <laughs> Amen! <laughs> and we realized he thought he was in church because everyone was facing one way. <laughs> You know, it's a joy for me to actually, I don't, I don't growl at him for doing that and going, you silly boy, this isn't church, this is a medical center. <laughs> I mean, we do say that to him, but we're not going to get him in trouble for it. He's just discovering. He's just watching, he's learning. Um, I, I, when I was preparing this message, I was reading Charlie's scripture. And as I was reading it, every time I start to read, he'll go, amen, 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 amen. I'm like, how do you, why are you amening reading scripture? But when we read you your books in your room, he doesn't amen. Somehow, this, the, something about maybe this, the, how it's written, he connects it with scripture, with amen. So the, so the first group, second, second group is children. If you're a child here, grow. Be patient. Be discipled. Take your time. Make mistakes. Say the wrong thing. We're not going to be offended at you. We'll, we'll giggle to ourselves and say, no, no, we'll help you. Does that make sense? Hey, we're getting through it. But the third thing are the parents. And in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15, it says, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers for you in Christ Jesus. I have, uh, I have begotten you through the gospel. It says this in the message. I'm going to reread that in the message. It'll be up on the screen. It's a bit wordy, but it's pretty interesting. I'm not writing all this, this is Paul speaking, I'm not writing all this as a neighbourhood scold to shame you, I'm writing as a father to you, my children. I love you and want you to grow up well, not spoiled. There are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong, but there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow up. It was as Jesus helped me proclaim God's message to you that I became your father. I'm not, you know, asking you to do anything I'm not already doing myself. How cool is that? I just thought that's such an interesting take on that scripture. So the third group are the parents. Parents, you know you're a parent because you, know, you have this. You're a good parent is a protector, a provider, looks to teach, and encourage as well. A good parent is a protector, a provider, looks to teach and encourage as well. So in our village, it takes a village, remember? If you're in the parent category, then guess what? Are you a great protector? Do you look to provide in God's house? Are you looking to teach when people... You know, need to grow and learn? Are you looking to be a teacher? Because that's what parents do. And the great, greatest thing a parent does is they encourage really well. I love it how it says that in that scripture. It says, there are many who will tell you what you've done wrong. But there won't be many who will take time to grow you up. <laughs> so here's a pro tip for the parents. Everything we teach our children has greater authority when we model it first in our own lives. I'm going to be very transparent. Charlie and I have brought in recently into our house a, we call it, we'll call it a word jar for words that we say around bear which aren't appropriate for bear. Not, not bad swear words. We're not potty mouths. We're not swearing around our son. <clears throat> but there are certain things that we're realising he's going to start to pick up and speak to mama like that or dad like that. So we need to make sure that we're speaking in front of him in a way that's healthier. <clears throat> it's $10 a hit. <laughs> Do you want to hear my tally from last month? <laughs> $70. I had to pay Charlie. And I did pay her, by the way. And she owed me $20. So I think it was 90 actually, and she owed me 20 So <laughs> It's just a way to help be better parents. 
I think it's so sad, though, in the scripture where Paul says, there's many teachers, but not many fathers. Because, listen, anyone can tell somebody what they're doing wrong. It's really easy to do that. But to take the time as a parent to actually sit down, to build relationship, and then to speak into is very different. And it's very expensive. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes vulnerability. Now, the reason why I say you might jump between different things is because for some people here, you're a child in the house and I, and I, will, <clears throat> I will approach you as someone young in your faith. For other people here, I feel like I'm a bit of a parent to you. And, and there's people like that. And I disciple you and I meet up with you and, we, and I'm allowed to bring correction, but I also encourage you when you have your wins. I also feel like a grandparent to some people here. And we'll look at grandparenting in a second. But they're the people who maybe from a distance I'm still celebrating, but I'm not necessarily sitting down with you going through, <coughs> sorry, sitting down with you changing your dirty nappy necessarily. What do I mean by that? I mean I'm not going through every single thing in your life with you. Someone else can do that. But I'm overall championing you as a grandparent. You see what I mean? Like you swap and change depending on who it is. Does that make sense? You're not just locked into one, necessarily. So make sure that you model, and I'm learning this with my son as a two-year-old, he copies me down to the detail. Even the way he sits, the way he breathes, the way he eats, the way he... Oh, he just, he's just like a little mini-me, and that's not good, necessarily. Like I'm just like, sometimes it's cute. So I've got to be really careful. His favourite thing is to sit in the car and pretend he's driving like Daddy. That's his... Let's see, like, car, car, can we go back in the car? Okay, because he wants to be like his dad. He sees his dad do something. <laughs> Last one. Grandparents. I was blessed with great, uh, a great-grandparent, my grandma... I didn't know my mum's parents, but my granddad died when my dad was young. But my grandma, her name was Grandma Ruth Spencer, and she was an amazing woman of God. She wrote a book. Yeah, some people know her. Like she, she's not with us anymore. But she wrote a she wrote a book in her life, like that type of like prolific type life. She started which I think it was the first lifeline phone counselling in Australia from her bedroom, from her kitchen. And my dad would have to be on night shift as part of the house. She, she was an amazing woman of God, a little bit scary at times as a young kid, but an amazing woman of God. And I remember growing up that we would go to, go to Grandma's house and... Grandma would always have a present for you. Grandma would always have something to give. She would always create some type of memory. Now I have my own son, and he has four grandparents, and they're all amazing. And their job is very unique, because their job is they come in, they celebrate my grandson, uh, this, my son, they give him too many toys, they don't have to change the nappies. They don't have to get up at 2 a.m. every night. They get to go home at the end of the day and they are just the heroes to my little boy. And fair enough. Here are some attributes. Well, let me read some scripture before we finish. Grandparents are the... Uh, it says in Proverbs 17:6, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged and the glory of children is their father's. In Proverbs 13.22a, uh, it should be, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. One generation commends your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts, Psalm 145, verse 4. So here are some things what grandparents do. They celebrate others well. They share wisdom based on testimony. They are a place of safety to those in need. So the grandparents in Celebration Community, Celebration Church, are that. They celebrate well. 
They share testimony, wisdom that they have based on their experience and testimony. And they are a place of safety. That's what grandparents should be. Here's a pro tip. Your wisdom and experience is valuable and will be valued by others when they know how much you care. So I've had people say to me, I see lots of young people in church, I want to I help them more, what should I do? And they get frustrated because they don't have youth coming up to them asking for wisdom. Here's the key. If you build a relationship with a young person, they will open up themselves to you sharing God's wisdom. Because people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Yeah? And so how do you do that practically? Like I just said, celebrate well. When you see a young person, if they're younger than you, celebrate them well. If you see it's someone's birthday, go out of your way and they're younger than you, celebrate them well. If someone's up here leading worship or on the instruments, go out to them, especially if you feel like you're in the grandparent age group, and celebrate them well. Don't just stay with yourself. Go and don't be scared of them either. Go and actually build a relationship because they were you years ago. <laughs> How interesting. The older I get, I realize I'm just a kid in an adult body. Yeah? I'm a youth in an adult body. I'm a parent in a... Okay, it's like, it's... You're, just, you're the same person, just with older attributes. So go and find someone who is a soon-to-be, a child, or a parent, and adopt them as a grandparent. <laughs> Please understand something, church. The great, some of the greatest influences on Charlie and I have not been the person who has come up to us and given us the critique after a message. It's been the person who comes up before a service, shakes our hand and says, we're with you today. That has impacted us more because there is a grandparent spirit. There are many teachers, not many fathers. In ministry, I'll even say this, there are many pastors, not many fathers. Just as an insight. When it comes to our church here, and we're going to finish in, in a moment, you need to understand the spirit of this house is fathers yeah. and mothers. Yeah. And you need to also understand the child and I, although we might be young physically compared to some, we spend most of our time, or a lot of our time, reaching out to others as children or as parents in the faith. Especially pastors from other churches. You know how I know there's not many fathers around? Because not many people check in on us. Apart from those who actually feel like that's something they carry for us. So remember, not everyone's called to be a grandparent or a parent or different people for different roles. But if we have open eyes as a village, then we can all hit those different gaps. Does that kind of make sense? And it's kind of a weird thing to say, I feel like a parent to a lot of people in our church because I know that physically I'm younger than a lot of people but the kingdom isn't defined by your physical age. And people with small mentalities get caught up in the appearance, but God looks at the heart. Yeah? King David was a boy, yet he freed a nation. Gideon was young, yet he freed the people. God isn't, you know, Timothy was so young that Paul had to write to him specifically and say, don't let people look down on you. But this is how you, you influence. This is how you help. Set an example in your life, with your word, with your speech, with your purity, with your life. Don't let people rip you off. So, in conclusion, it takes a village to raise a community. What part can you play when it comes to the community that God's creating here in Celebration Church?
Are you a soon-to-be? You don't yet know Christ. Are you a child? Your foundation is young, but you are wide-eyed and ready to go. Are you a parent? You don't mind getting your hands dirty sometimes. You don't mind helping people down on that level. You don't mind taking the time. You don't mind being protective. You don't mind being provative, a provider. <clears throat> or are you a grandparent here? And you're the one that is like, I'm, we've, we'll do that in a second. I'm going to be the person that is going to encourage, is going to nurture. And, and let me just say one more thing before I give you the challenge for the week. The children in the house and the, pa- and the parents in the house long for grandparents in the house. The children in the house long for the parents and the parents long for the grandparents. Where there is a, where there is a gap is that we feel like it's awkward to try and reach different people, different groups. I'll give you an example. My parents recently went to a church and it was a great little church but their current debate as a church was this. We want to reach younger families. Should we get a website? And that was their very real debate. And there is a debate going, website, no website. We need to reach the younger people. That's today. That's, that's right now. <laughs> Sunday morning right now. Happening. And they are precious people in that church. But they've got to realise the way you reach young people isn't going to be a website. It's going to be sitting down and saying, G'day, how are you going? And young people, the way that you get the best out of older people is by sitting down and saying, hey, how are you going? Tell me about your life. Tell me about your journey. And if we can learn to value each other and learn to be a village, we will raise a healthy community. Here are the challenges for you as we finish. Children who are here, listen. Here is your challenge. Share with the family. Share your story, something you are thankful for, and uh, with someone in the church family. This will help bring a fresh perspective and uh, simple faith to the family. So if you're a young Christian here, this is your challenge for this week. You can do it after service. Find anybody in church and say, I'm going to share with you my story. I'm going to share with you my journey a bit. I'm going to share with you how I met Christ. You actually bring health. The second, if you're a parent here, a spiritual parent, this week, encourage a child. What's a child? Someone young in their faith. Take a moment to encourage and champion a child to help them see themselves how God sees them. Just as you might have your own physical kids and you'll do that with them, find a, a child in the house, someone you think's younger in their faith. Champion them. And lastly, the grandparents here. Here's your challenge. Adopt a parent. Speak up and encourage someone you see fighting for someone else. Be an encourager to the encouragers. How cool is that? How do you adopt a parent? Hey, let's get coffee. Let's sit down. How you going? I'm in your corner. You're doing a great job. Thank you for leading us in worship. Thank you for playing. Thank you for doing the sound desk today. Tell me about that. Be an encourager. Be an encourager to the encouragers. And if you don't know where you fit in all those four, get the podcast, have a listen again, sit with the Holy Spirit and get him to help you. Because you fit somewhere in there. Cool, hey? I think that's pretty cool. I think that's cool. All right, well, why don't we stand to our feet as we finish?
Hey, here's, a, here's a question. Who here feels like you're in the children category? Put your hand up. Yeah. Who here feels like they are in the parent category? Yeah, hands up. Who here feels like they are in the grandparent category? Yeah. Put your hand up. All right. Remember the attributes. Encouraging, encouraging, encouraging. And listen, if you ever want the notes from Sunday, we can get them to you. Just give us your feedback. We'll make them available, especially for Connect leaders. That's helpful too. All right, well, why don't you, if you're here with your spouse, take their hand. If you're here by yourself, just, just lift your hands to heaven. We're going to pray over you right now. We're going to pray just blessing over you for the week and just commit this week to God. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you so much for every single person here, for our church family who isn't here as well, for those who are yet to come. Lord, we just pray that your spirit would just rest upon them as well. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would send out this mighty army this week to carry your light, to carry your love, to carry your spirit. Lord, we pray for God moments. We pray for opportunities. Lord, we pray that heaven would touch earth in a really real way. And I just pray that we'll get a fresh revelation again this morning of soon-to-be children, parents and grandparents. Father, let, us, let that revelation just sink deep within our hearts. Bless these people. Protect them in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. Sisterhood tonight. It's going to be great. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.